Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minutes, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And this is Darth Larrick from the Dark Knight Minute podcast. And you can find us at geekmindfusion.com. Have you been calling yourself Darth Lark this whole time? Am I now just now noticing that? Because I know that's like your Twitter handle, and that's how, like we, I know that by the now, and so it just now registered me. Have you, does anyone know your name on this episode yet? Have you said Luke? I, I did say Luke on the first episode, but yeah, okay. you call me Luke too. I, that's just kind of the the pseudonym that I go by on the podcast. We just yeah. Like, I was like, damn, people are gonna think Darth Lark's his actual name. Okay. I was like, <laughs> hopefully, fingers yeah, crossed, right? He was like, my name's Luke. I got to go with it. Stage name, bro. Yeah, stage yeah. name. What's my stage name? I don't know. I've I, always I been keen to the name uh, Alex Bexhill. Oh, that's a good one. What's my name? I don't know. I like <laughs> Today, Alexander. We, we're talking about minute 173 of Dawn of Justice, which is going to start with Batman uh, beginning to interrogate uh, Lex Luthor. And then the minute's going to end with Batman leaving. Lex Luthor vanishing he's Batmaning out Batman right on out of there um, but not uh, before some crucial information is shared all the multiple one two what are you counting three, all the bits of information that we got <laughs> transfer to Arkham uh, let's start with that because I don't want to spoil them all right off Criminal the bat. insane yeah he's declaring oh. himself insane that he can't even he's not even fit to stand trial Okay, now we can you know, get out of the fun of the movie and actually get into the real world. Because I feel like it's actually important for people to understand like what it actually means to be con- to be constituted like constituted as legally insane, <laughs> and really what that means. And it's a completely legal term. There's it's has nothing to do with psychology or the study of psychology. Is that the the, the person in question is so mentally unfit that they are unable to be held accountable to the crime that they're being uh, 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 prosecuted for. And so in this case, like the, the call him insane is like, yeah, sure. You know, there's definitely something wrong with him. But in a legal sense, I do not by at one minute that he would be considered legally insane. I think he was in his, I think he was in his old using his old facilities. He was doing it willingly and he was doing it, uh, no, in full functioning. Um, I don't, I don't buy the fact that he, that he could be legally insane in this instance. I mean, that's usually reserved for say like people with, uh, intellectual disabilities, for example, or if somebody's having, you know, some sort of a, um, episode that's extremely severe to the point where they kind of like black out, you know, those are like the situations where you could be considered legally insane, but yeah, I don't buy, uh, yeah, I don't buy, um, I don't, yeah, I don't buy it. (laughs) I think, um, I feel like it was kind of like, I, what I took away from it was like, it was kind of like that play on how to get out of you know, not go to prison, you know, you go to a mental asylum. So it's like, yeah, more white collar, I guess, if you will. Um, it, it literally is. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's, it's like those, like, you know, playing, 
insane so you don't have to go to you know a hard time or anything like that <laughs> you don't have to go to you don't, you don't have to prison. Go, yeah you don't have to give prison mike um yeah. <laughs> gruel, gruel sandwiches gruel omelets yeah um but like uh also i feel like it is gonna play to the fact of because he could just blow the whistle right now. Bruce Wayne's Batman. Bruce Wayne's Batman. Bruce Wayne's Batman. But then it, again, if it, you know you you have somewhere paper trail that says Lex Luthor was committed to Arkham Asylum, because I'm just gonna be like, yo, this guy's whack a do. And yeah. I was gonna say like he would be like, you're gonna agree that I'm insane and like make sure I don't end up there, otherwise mm-hmm. people will know your name. But at the same time, then I'm like, this dude got hit with like. 10, 20,000 years of Krypton tech, like knowledge and history and everything about apocalypse. And like, you got to be tweaking a little bit. And I'd be like, you're probably actually insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's actually a different way from what I approached it. And that, and that's a really interesting way of looking at it. And, and that, that was part of his plan was to get, you know, the, the insane plea and, you know, be able to get himself into a um, mental hospital where he's going to be, you know, treated very, very nicely or, you know, some sort of an asylum. Whereas, and that's kind of goes on to the next point when uh, Batman says, oh, by the way, I've, I've arranged you to go to Arkham Asylum instead of, you know, maybe what your plan is. That's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I think like I think the whole movie people are like, "Oh, you're insane." He's like, "I'm not insane. I'm like incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. You guys are just too dumb to realize it." And so when he's finally caught, he's like, "Oh, well, you guys have been calling me insane this whole time. I'm going to, you know, I'm just a big dumb like mentally psychotic person." It's like and he's like laughing or, you know, saying that very sarcastically and it's like uh dude you might actually be like at this what does he point, say at the gala um the paradox of uh, knowledge is power there is wait oh there's yeah, no yeah. knowledge without power that's a mortal Kombat quote is that mortal Kombat? yeah <laughs> what does he say it's the paradox so like yeah like gaining gaining all that kryptonian knowledge and stuff um does that paradox kind of shut your brain down in a, in a way he says the same quote. It's Does he just, become exactly what he says that he, he yeah, was in the Yeah, that's in the why gala? he stuttered in the gala because he was realizing what he was calculating in that speech was the fact that he is insane. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's not right. And so he just like, I I need to leave. Yeah. Enjoy your, enjoy your uh, event. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to have to look at that scene again, but... You know, maybe this would be a kind of a good time for us to at least attempt. I'm by no means a clinical psychologist, so I can't really uh, make like an actual diagnosis of his character. But I can kind of do some guesswork as to maybe what is going on in the background. And, you know, the one of the observations that you make and something that he loves to point out is his high, very high IQ. And he is very intelligent. And, you know, being... Being intelligent doesn't make you immune to being uh, mentally ill either, and so I think it increases it. Yeah, it, it, be yeah. Honest. yeah. I mean, like some of the most eccentric people in the world were, you know, very intelligent people. Their minds just work in a way that just 
you know, doesn't really make sense for people who have average IQs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So, I, I, like, I like to think of like Grant Morrison. It's like that dude is a little too smart. Next level. Yeah, it, it's like next level. And it's like, and so sometimes you listen to Grant Morrison talk and you go, this dude's insane. Like, He's wild. And it's like, he, he'll start a conversation where you're like, dude, I don't know how you got into that. But I feel like the same way about Kanye West. Kanye West is another one where I'm sometimes I'm like, I feel like he's woke. Dude, I feel I don't feel like he's woke sometimes. I feel like it's just like, yeah, it's some, I do agree that there was a point where Kanye West got too smart and now he's just like <laughs> mentally ill. And I'm like, I can't tell if some stuff he's doing is marketing tactics, which are really smart or just like, dude, I feel like you might have to be committed at some point. Yeah, well, I mean, time will only tell as far as that goes. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of watching it, but I'm, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say on that. <laughs> and the reason all right. be for now, um, and uh, yeah, but going back to Luther, there's a couple of di- uh, diagnostics we can do. One is, I think, probably the most obvious is uh, narcissism, and you can get. Uh, to the point where that's gets very debilitating. And I think in his case, that might even be the case is uh, a narcissistic uh, personality disorder. And C O wait, N D N C I S is what you're trying Uh, to say. Narcissistic, not narcoleptic, narcissistic. What is it again? Say it. I'm trying to give it an acronym. Uh, Narcissistic personality disorder. NPD. Yep. NPD coming to you this fall on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, NPD coming to you this yeah. fall on NBC. Yeah, there you and go. So you're saying ABC and CBS. Yeah, well, which one's TNT? <laughs> Just kidding. yeah, we yeah we talked about kind of how he's he likes to like um, outthink people and to you know get the aha moments in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very very characteristic of somebody who suffers from narcissist. Uh, personality disorder or what is mm-hmm. it? and uh so one he he believes that he's he has some grandiose purpose some uh, and and that's very very like what you can see that very very well in this movie and how he's he he admits very much that he thinks himself a lot more highly than most other people and 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 another thing that kind of uh, distinguishes somebody with that w- versus somebody who's just cocky is that um, their self image is very fragile. And so they're always trying to reaffirm their superiority to others. And so that's what kind of causes some other issues such as being highly aggressive and uh, you know, volatile and very highly emotional is because they don't really have a set, like a very secure um, sense of being very, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, having a stable identity and having a stable confidence mm-hmm. in themselves. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why we, are, you know, we love this character so much is because we we can see that in this character. We have a character that's that broken, and 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 we, you know, as we've talked about this character throughout this whole movies by minute journey, it's like we pick up on that and we we enjoy that kind of character that we got you know and i i think it's great um 
I I enjoy that they went that route with this character. Yeah. To make him so eccentric and so realistic to like what a person with that kind of intelligence is like. Like I think that's one of the beauties of, of this character. And yeah, I wish I feel like more people I wish more people would see that and like appreciate it than then be like, oh, it's not, you know, hashtag not my Lex Luthor. It's like, yeah, yeah but this character is phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, he's, he's, he's layers, man. Yeah. He's like an onion, like, like yeah. a Shrek. All you Shrekers need yeah. to get on this train. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what makes his character work. And it, it is very true to even a lot of the, I guess, base personality of Lex Luthor is the fact that he, his whole purpose of fighting Superman is to prove that he is better than Superman. Like that's his, that's all his entire uh, purpose in fighting Superman is to prove his superiority against him. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes into play very well in this movie. Yeah. He has such a, like a inferiority complex. And I think it, like it stems from like his father, like Luthor senior. And it's like, and it's like, that's, that's, a good villain, like someone who like, I don't know if it's like they deserve to have a better life or something, but it's like, like your upbringing turned you into a villain. Like it stirred you on the wrong path. And we kind of get that with Batman in this movie as well, where it's like, Hey, your parents getting killed in an alley, like really messed you up as a kid. And you know, maybe you're Batman, but maybe that's not always a good thing. And that's, one of the beauties of Batman even. And and now we're getting into the developmental psychology and, you know, there's definitely evidence of trauma in his past. And yeah, I mean, things that happen to you in your childhood affect you in your adulthood. I mean, the evidence for that is astronomical. And so, you know, parents who are listening, make sure you you treat your kids right. And I would say so far as to say, you know, don't let your kids do stuff that makes you dislike them. You know, make sure that you um, discipline them in the proper way so that they can develop a positive personality that everybody can like. And, you know, that will help them to excel in life in so many ways. Like, it's it, like good parenting really makes a huge difference in the lives of many children. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that's like so much easier to say than to do. And it's like the, the situations yeah. that people grew up in, because it's like you can, what's unfortunate, it's like you have to think about people's flaws being passed on to other people. And it's like teaching, when you teach someone anything, like you have to Com- like constantly ask yourself like am i teaching bad habits am i am i passing yeah. that along and so like what's weird is that the waynes were perfect in a sense of like they were good people like if bruce his parents hadn't been killed like he probably would have been raised as i you know the next thomas wayne like he would have just been thomas wayne the second like that's his character like thomas wayne was a good person Martha Wayne is a seemingly perfect person. Um, he would have been all right, but it's like the, it's the random act of violence that destroyed his life. Um, mm-hmm. With Lex Luthor, it's like he probably grew up 
in a hostile environment because like as as it goes for business entrepreneurs and you know CEOs like that that capitalistic lifestyle it's doggy dog world and it's trickle down it's all those methods that make them successful and so when they have to raise a kid like those those like those strains of of okay well sometimes you got to be a bit of uh not a nice person to get what you want in life and it's like if you pass that along to the next one and then the next one and then you know down your lineage like you get these moments where like kids grow up completely on the wrong path because that's just embedded in the foundation of of their of their family so it's like it's interesting to see how all these people that were in like the superman story like they're on different paths and they like see things in different ways whether for good or for bad and it's it just comes down because of the way that they were raised yeah um and yeah, I was just thinking about um, something else. I mean, we talked about Superman, and um, I don't know if you guys guys has seen uh, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, and, yeah, and the how animated was, film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how it's the one where Batman's like Dracula or something. He's Kurt Langstrom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, yeah, and Superman was in fact raised by immigrants, and he is also the um, son of Zod instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Zod. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like in how his his character has changed dramatically because of those slight differences too. And so, yeah, our upbringing does make a difference. And going to the point that I w- that we were talking about, you know, kind of how you know trauma ca- can kind of get passed on, but there is some good news for that though, uh, and that humans are much more resilient than oftentimes we give credit for. Because um, I believe the statistic is that 75% of those who um, abuse their kids were abused uh, as kids. But the reverse side of that is that 25% of kids who are abused will, will abuse their kids. So it's actually not a cycle that keeps growing because otherwise I think at this point everybody would have been abused yeah. kids. So, <laughs> I, yeah. So, so yeah, there, there is some good news there is that, you know, people do, do not have to be defined by their past at the same time. They can get out of it, but Mm -hmm. you do have to live with those things too. And, you know, it really is up to you on how you're going to, you know, live your life ultimately. And so that's, I guess, the optimistic turn for that discussion as well. Basically, what we're trying to say is if your parents fail you in life, look to comic books and superheroes and aspire to be what they're like and then treat your kids like superheroes. And uh, yeah, don't let your parents let you down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, oh, go for it. Yeah, I just want to do one more diagnostic on Lex Luthor and then we can move on from that. Um, There's one more personality disorder, which is you know, I think you could attribute to pretty much any super criminal is the antisocial personality disorder, which is pretty much a way of saying that they lack empathetic responses to people. And so it makes them much more willing to commit uh, criminal acts. Now, that doesn't mean that all criminals are um, 
what you would call sociopaths, or it doesn't necessarily mean that sociopaths will eventually become criminals. But, um, but yeah, I think you can definitely make that label for Lex Luthor as well, because, you know, he's trying to prove he, his point is to prove that he's better than Superman. It is not to excel humanity up on a higher level, because why would he bring doomsday to life when, you know, he, 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 I guess he has the idea that he can control him, but the fact is he can't. And had Superman not stopped him, you know, he probably would have gone on and destroyed the world easily. Yeah, I think that was, I honestly think that was the point. Um, there, he had knowledge to all of the Krypton history and all that. So I feel like he knew, like, even with Doomsday hanging out, like, he knew that Darkseid was coming and Steppenwolf and, and all that stuff. But what he really wanted to show in Doomsday was like, look at how evil non-humans are. Like that is uh-huh. like he, like he, I don't think there was, he wasn't. It's really like the true side of Krypton. Yeah. It's like, he was, look, you guys are praising this alien that thinks he can save people, but look like, look at what he really is. Yeah. yeah this is what Kryptonians can become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's what he's repeating there. Yeah. It's a, I guess if you wanted to get into um, into some of the uh, psychoanalytic stuff, then that would be Superman's shadow is portrayed as doomsday in a lot of ways, which is an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, it's like fighting <clears throat> fighting the worst side of you. You know, like that is yeah the just the fi- one destruction and the just the chaotic forces that just does nothing but destroy i think that really captures um dark or not dark side uh you ever uh you watch star wars uh star wars clone wars you ever watch that show i I have yeah there's a there's an episode where yoda fights dark side yoda it's like that oh Oh, it's the netflix episodes yeah the season six the, the lost episodes or whatever and so he's fighting dark side yoda and it's like, that's what you could become if you wanted to. And it's like, Doomsday represents that what people don't like Superman. That's like, you know, he can be that. Like, he represents and, the fear. And it's like, he's like, you know is. what? Like, I don't want that to ever exist. And so, he, you know, he has to defeat it and sacrifice him, himself to not become that. Yeah. And maybe just uh, as to add to that discussion is that, uh, one thing about the shadow is that in and of itself doesn't necessarily mean your evil side. It means the kind of repressed parts of yourself that you hide from the world. And so Superman is very much com- com- uh, capable of, you know, destroying planets like um, Doomsday can. But, you know, at the same time, he does have to use violence when it is necessary in order to save lives. And so, Sometimes, you know, you need to allow that shadow to creep out and allow you allow yourself to, you know, fight back when, you know, there's tyranny abound. And so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, don't don't think of the shadow in means of it being evil. You can learn things from it, but you need to control it. And that's called the balance of the force. Yeah, exactly. It's the balance of the force or in. um in terms of uh, Carl Jung, it is called individuation or or the self. The and self, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
about that. It's the same kind of theme, though. Um, if we're going about that uh, from Man of Steel into this one, he's mm-hmm. still fighting Zod. It's just, you know, in Man of Steel, Zod was, again, the bad side of Krypton and what Kryptonians yeah. ultimately, you know, could become what they were doing at one point in time. But, uh, you know, Superman's the, the, the reverse of that. Yeah, and he has to prove that he's better than that. And, like, mm-hmm. he's, you know, his parents sent him here to be to make a better Krypton, whether it's like, you know, through earth or like just, they wanted him to be a very good person. And I feel like that's the best part of Superman is that he is ultimately of just the most goodest person that (laughs) there is, you know? Um, And, you know, that's why he defeats Zod, even though he has to use violence to, to make sure that, people live and then like he has to fight doomsday and he's like to defeat this i have to also defeat myself I and so he has to come to terms with that myself. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah very very uh, mythologically sound stuff right man i love this movie <laughs> um so but you know we're talking all this stuff about the the psychology of these of these characters um, but we also get a little bit of world building um, in this minute where uh, Lex Luthor relays information to Batman that um, a bell has been rung. Um, he says the God is dead and does he, he doesn't say he's coming yet, does he? Uh, no, he, he said, no, not yet. Minute, yeah. Not yet. It's. I think the minute ends with the bell cannot be unrung. He says they've heard it. They've heard. So he says that out in the dark among the stars, which I I love that line. But he does say that they've heard it. So he mentions other people. And like, if you didn't see the Ultimate Edition, there's like a Steppenwolf Easter egg that isn't yeah. really uh, still hand. It's headcanon. It's headcanon at this point, <laughs> but. There's a Steppenwolf Easter egg. Um, and so that alludes to it as well. But now he's relaying that information. So if you only see the theatrical cut, this is the first time that the moment where Lex Luthor talks to the Carla Gugino robot, that from that moment, he's like, teach me everything, to this moment is when you get the kind of payoff of like, oh, uh, by the way people uh, out in the universe are on their way because of what happened. Right. Kryptonian's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just trying to make sure I got that right. Um, And, and yeah, and it's like, but we also saw the Steppenwolf Easter egg, but like, this is where we kind of get that world building um, a bit. And we also, um, let me see, trying to make sure I'm not missing anything. When does he react? Okay, I guess he does react to the Superman being dead thing. Like Batman does. Like yeah. what what pulls the trigger on him is finding out that aliens are coming because Superman is dead. Um, which is cool. Um, you know, it's a cool little uh foreshadowing for Justice League, which we're back to kind of like, is this too much for the film or or not but i I think i think that's the whole point of this film i've always seen it as like this whole film was kind of like 
a preamble to Justice League. So yeah, I, as always, it should be. Yeah, and I like that. I like how that's set up. And it really was just kind of uh, DC's way of setting up a, a a world in which you know you can have the Justice League come together. And granted, I think uh, Marvel was able to do that in a much longer space of time. I think DC was much more pressed for time to you know we really need to start competing against Marvel. And you know whether or not that was detrimental or not, that can be debated. But yeah, I. I agree. I, I think we needed to have, you know, something to look forward to. And I think, you know, Darkseid is a very imposing figure in the DC universe. I, I would say just as much as Thanos is in the Marvel universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they're pretty much the same um, in yeah. more ways than one. But like, I've always felt like, you know, like, so Justice like happened in in five films. It's like the fifth one in the universe, and Avengers is the sixth one. Yeah, Let's I see, see Iron Man, that. Iron Man Two, oh. Incredible Hulk, Thor, Cap, Avengers. So it's like five films to six films. It's like, in my opinion, it's, it's like it happens. <sighs> The thing, what it was, Mark, was that Marvel was deliberately spoon feeding you. Here's what happens next. Here's what's going to happen next. Oh, you remember that? This is tied in as well. It was just that. With the DC Universe, you didn't really get that because it wasn't needed. Like you, in my opinion, the fans already understand that the world is connected. Maybe there were some people out there that had no idea that Iron Man and Thor ever worked together. Maybe they thought they were two completely separate things, but everybody really understood that Batman and Superman were on the same team. Wonder Woman was there, the Justice League, like that was all like, that was the league. You know, the Avengers were not as big as the Justice League. So it kind of had all these moving parts and uh, with the end goal of it kind of funneling down into just one river of Avengers. Whereas DC, it's like, oh yeah, here's, Man of Steel, that's great. Introduce Superman. Here's a story where the conflict of the Superman and how the world sees him. Great. Okay, well, here's something completely different in Suicide Squad, but they still do exist in this post-death of Superman world. Keep that in mind. Well, oh, check it out. Here's Wonder Woman. She existed back way when. There's an explanation for Suicide Squad. Now, when we get to Suicide Squad, I'll, I'll say why. Like That film uh, is kind of important in a way. Um but you see what I'm saying? It's not like like Marvel was like setting up their team with their movies. We didn't really necessarily need that for the Justice League. I mean, I don't th- like I don't think um, I don't think that's that works for Marvel. It really does. Like, but I see I see the MCU as like a web where it's like they are out there, and then when we have like Avengers, and it's like okay, well then we bring them. Yeah, it's just a funnel. We point them into like this film Mm -hmm. but then we have to have a film that explains that they're all here and then we have to put them together with like dawn of justice it's it's more of a linear structure where it's like man of steel and then movie with man of steel character but he has to incorporate other superheroes that are like becoming part of the story because their storylines they also exist like they intertwine and, and so it's like we're taking like a linear structure to get to justice league. And with suicide squad, it's like, Hey, Superman's dead. What are we going to use instead? And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well let's start 
bringing people into prison and let's use that. And then Bruce Wayne is like, that was a terrible idea. I'm going to do it better. And then Wonder Woman is just like, y'all fight monsters. I kill monsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I think what you know, uh, what is it? Wonder Woman introduces the Mother Box somehow. It introduces the Greek god mythology, the Amazons that become important. It's like Black Panther almost. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those films. But yeah, I feel like it takes a more linear route to get to its film, and I don't really think every character needs their own movie. Um, yeah. I think Marvel's learned that Incredible Hulk doesn't need a film anymore. Like they can just have him there. Um, and when it comes to like the the mainline films, so it's like Avengers, Avengers Two, Infinity War. It's like I feel like there's some movies that you can consider filler in the MCU at this point because like if it's like a web, like you don't need to watch. And I know it's gonna hurt to say, but it's like you don't need to watch. Doctor Strange, you don't need to watch. You really don't need to watch Spider Man. You don't need to watch Black Panther, but you can watch Iron Man and Civil War and um, Thor Ragnarok. You don't have to watch. You don't have to say Thor Ragnarok, especially since it feels like Infinity War starts off from the end of Ragnarok. Like I like people have asked, like what? No spoilers. What, (laughs) What movies? Uh, should be viewed or what you need to watch before you watch infinity war. And that's just like, I think the only one is like civil war and Ragnarok. I think, I think if you have those two things, you pretty much have everything else figured out. Like, I don't think you need to watch the first captain America movie, right? Like you can just be like, you should watch that before watching the first Avengers. That's about it. Watching what? First Avengers. You should only watch that one. Like if you're watching like, the Avengers movies, Captain America goes along with that. I think you can just watch Iron Man 1 and then skip right to Avengers 1. Because then it's just like, yo, Nick Fury's like, hey, I want to... Yeah, Steve up. Rogers just shows up, though, in Avengers. Like, he's just yeah. there. But yeah, then he's No, like, and then, like, I mean, like, they tell you that he was frozen and stuff like that, but you don't really get to see his side of the story. He just is there. When do they tell him that... When do they dig him out of the ice? When does he find it? He's Captain in a, America. At the end of the movie? Yeah, it's the end oh. of the movie. When he's actually in New York and everything, present day. Like Captain America goes along with the Avengers movies. Do you need to watch Thor? Thor, Thor, Thor. Um, um, see, it's hard. See, like I could even yeah. go so far as to say, like Doctor Strange does fit along there because you have to have the magic side. Why do you need to introduce? Doctor I don't know. I haven't you, seen Infinity War. I don't know how magic is Thor involved Ragnarok, in Ragnarok, right? Yeah, that's the only Doctor Strange you need to see. He does have a really good like. Hey, I'm here now. I'm a protector. I use magic. Shut up. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you, you might be right. I think the only like main reason to watch Doctor Strange as far as in the context of Infinity War is that it explains the it's time stone. Zone. Yeah, yeah, it's a stone. Yeah. I feel like you can you can watch the first Guardians, but you don't have to watch the second one. Yeah, the second Guardians was pretty meh to me at least. I know yeah, a no, lot I didn't like that movie at all. I was, I was just like, eh, it's it's okay. Like <sighs> you don't have to watch Ant Man at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And no, because that's why he, Luke said Civil War, and you just get Ant Man in there. It's yeah, like, oh yeah, okay, Ant-Man cool. There. You just get yeah, Spider Man there. Spider Man and and even Black, Black Panther. Panther for that matter. 
you can probably watch Black Panther. It's probably important. Well, Black Panther, I would say, is one of the better Marvel movies, especially when it comes to their villains. Their villain was really good in that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, the movie's MBJ. phenomenal. I think, <laughs> I think Black Panther is, I think it's still my favorite Marvel film. But what I'm saying is like in the context of like, let's say someone needs to like binge watch the MCU or something like if there are filler movies of this thing. Mm, I don't know about Black Panther because he kind of like it's hey. hard to say because then you could say all the fillers are all the one off stories that don't relate to the Avengers. Yeah, because exactly. like what is the main line? Is the main line the main the line Avengers? is Thanos? Like that's it. Avengers one, two, three, and four. Infinity like, that's the main War line. and Avengers four is like that's where we're headed. Because before it so, made it seem like the Marvel universe was all around like Iron Man. Like Iron Man one, two, and three seem like the main line of Marvel's MCU. It still is. No. Iron Man 2 has nothing to do with like anything team based. Does Iron Man uh, 3 have? Iron Man 3 just has his, uh, it was what, after. Um, it was right after a- the first. After, yeah, after Sokovia. So it really just had all his suits that he had to destroy and shit. It happened after Avengers 1. Yeah, Avengers 1. Sokovia. Yeah, it happened after Avengers yeah. 1. Yeah, because Sokovia was all the suits and everything. Okay. Yeah. Civil War is probably like you cannot not watch that film like you have to, i think that's one you have to watch that one to understand probably it's really close to my favorite marvel movie i mean like black panther uh civil war and winter soldier i think are like you know top tier as far in my opinion yeah is winter soldier crucial I feel like it's um it, it kind of can, is only because it kind of talks about the fall fall of, fall of shield yeah um but as far as like infinity war goes probably not like unless you want to learn about bucky i don't know mm-hmm. yeah cuz i was yeah i was explaining the other day to like you and matt that i was like i want to watch i want to watch the mcu in the pattern that this dc universe is in and see if it does a different narrative in a, in an interesting way. And so it would start with Iron Man and then yeah. it would, it would end with like Iron Man being like with Nick Fury and he's like, Hey, I want to start the Avengers initiative. And then we skip years ahead. where like, the Avengers have been a thing. And then something happens in Lagos and like, mm-hmm. um, an event causes humanity to question superheroes role in, in our society. And so Civil War breaks up the Avengers. So we kind of have like an epic where it's like we've had the Avengers, even though we've never seen them do anything. Like we just know that they're thriving and then they're just torn apart. And then we skip into Infinity War, which would be like Justice League. And then it's just like, hey, you guys are in shambles, but now there's a giant alien invasion. It's like. What's it's just that? like a supercut. You just want, yeah. It's cut. like it's like Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, Justice League, Iron Man, Civil War, Infinity War, and then Avengers Four, which Justice League Part Two would have been Avengers Four. But it's all like right, going right, that right. route, seeing what that would be like, and like seeing if that tells an interesting narrative. And that could probably be like the thinnest way of watching the MCU. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it a shot and see what it's like. Is it just three movies? It's four. Four? All right. Yeah. Anyway. Right now it's three. Welcome back to Avengers Minute. Welcome back to MCU Minute. <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
Uh, Batman. I was like, how do we? <laughs> how do you come back? How from do you that? come back to that? Uh, well, Batman uh, punches the wall, and which is that's kind of like how we got our uh, art cover for this podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Based off of that, so there's a little background information um, for you guys if you couldn't like, figure yeah, it out. That's probably what we should do. We that's should it. do something, mi- something minimalistic. Yeah. Um, think about the Bat brand. I'm just curious. What do we think about? It? I I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, I like to play with the idea of how he heats it up. I think it before it's I said it's charging belt. Yeah, we said I think we agreed with the, the charging belt, or maybe it was yeah. in that uh, manual or whatever. But my favorite is just keep it in his the palm of his other hand, and he just shoves his fist into his hand, heats it up, and then throws punches. So the other hand is electrified. Yeah, and it's like charging. The other hand's like a hot plate. Yeah, and he, like, he, has heats to, it. He, has to, he has to do a gypsy danger. Pose. It's like that's not even like metal. It's like it's like coal. It's like hot coals instead of a brand. It's just a bat shaped coal. Yeah. Um I have always kind of been like that doesn't seem too aggressive for Batman. Like it always like when I first saw it I was like that sounds normal. It sounds like it it's in my opinion it kind of plays off of him having like, why the hell do you have the bat signal to strike fear into those in the night? You know, oh, snap, bat signal's on, Batman's coming, we better run. The bat brand is like, yo, you got bit, branded by Batman, you got, you got your ass handed to you. Vampire. Yeah, like, you're you're dead. You are a dead man walking. Um, it's kind of like that same mindset, just a little bit more dark. I would have liked it if he <clears throat> brought the bat brands into the Doomsday fight and, like, maybe had a couple... <laughs> Where where's Batman Batman where he has bat brands on both hands? Yeah, he just goes and, and maybe fights them, punching Steppenwolf in the face with them. Like, yeah, where is that? Like, bring that into the fight. Like, that's the theatrics that we need. That's what I want to see. I want to see <laughs> Batman beating up parademons with bat brands. <laughs> you better not end up in Arkham Asylum, otherwise they'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just beating up aliens. I, I, that's what we missed out on. That's narcissism. His own symbol, beating yeah. people up with his own symbol. Send them back to Apocalypse with bat brands on them. Yeah, where is that? We missed out. Yeah, release the Snyder yeah. Cut. I'm not as big of a fan as of the bat brand, only because I feel that it's kind of unnecessary. Because at this point, I think he's kind of given up on his um, code to not kill. Or he may have not even had it at the beginning. But again, this is kind of more geared toward uh, Frank Miller, Batman, rather than like, say, Dark Knight or anything like that. And so it just seems like, you know what, if you're just going to do that to, you know, kill him, you know, why not just, you know, stamp their neck or something? I don't know. There's a lot of unnecessary things that Batman does. Yeah. Dress up in a bat costume, dress up as Batman. True. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's true. Adopt four kids for no reason. More than that, bro. More than that. Adopt six kids. Adopt seven kids. I think it's six. Seven, including Duke. Carrie Kelly. Stephanie Brown. Anyways, adopting kids. Way too many kids. The guy's adopting kid problem. Um... <laughs> just uh, countless vehicles uh yeah there's a lot of unnecessary things he does yeah am i missing anything leaving the scene of a crime unnoticed he branded that wall it's yeah, there now imagine like being put in that cell after that and like oh, looking at them like here. the batman was here yeah like in this jail cell like he left that mark there like 
I, I'm terrified. I would, you know, like to be that inmate, be like, take me out. I can't be in here. Yeah. You can't put anyone in there. Like that's, it's like, all right, we better like a, hire a Mason and just see this guy just like going patching it over. He's just like, it's like, ah, oh, the things I do for money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a episode of Flintstones. Hey, it's living. Yeah. Oh my god. There you go. Um that's all I have for this one though. What about you guys? Yeah, man. I'm done. Cool. All right, guys, we're gonna go wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minutes, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society on Facebook, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow for another episode of DC Cinematic Minute.